generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Strong wind of promise that will blow away all the doubt and fear. If I can dream of a warmer sun where hope keeps shining, oh, everyone tell me why. Oh, why? Oh, why won't that sun Welcome back, you're listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Mate, I'm, I'm deep in the fucking Elvis funnel at the moment. You are, eh? <laughs> After watching that second round on the plane, mate, you've yeah. just... Are you, uh, have you bought another album or what's the story? <laughs> I thought that the end scene was uh, like actually footage from before he died, but I went and watched this uh, video where they play the, the movie side by side with Scenes from him oh, yeah. that exist, so recordings. I'm trying yeah, to figure yeah. out one of those. Scenes that exist, recordings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow, like unbelievable. Then it's given me even more appreciation. <laughs> I'm like, how how smart are these people? But that guy, that actor, I think he did like two years of voice training to get his voice pretty cool, eh? And then his Full voice changes, man. yeah, over the years. So then he had to learn how to change his voice. Like, <laughs> gosh. But anyway, I guess today we're going to be talking about playing the long game. And poor old Elvis, I guess it's uh, there's some themes in that film about how uh, he certainly wasn't able to because they were pumping a whole heap of shit into him. He's to, just full of drugs, yeah. Yeah, to get him on stage and keep him going. And he was, like he said, caged, a caged. Yeah, I think he was on, you know, uppers to get going and downers to yeah. stop him. And it was basically like Jordan Belfort, but um, the... the <laughs> Non-compliant version, yeah, a different industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got this topic, mate. Play the long game. I'm going to tell you a quick story that I was thinking about on the way here, which I think plays into this nicely. Two things for me, but I'll get to my second story later on. But on the way here, we were next to a bus to get here, and I looked at the tire and I thought, "Wow, that's a massive tire." I thought one, two, three, four. I was like, "This thing's got a lot of tires." I'm like, "I wonder what it costs to." when this thing has to repair all of the tyres or replace them, I thought, that must be expensive. And then it's got these massive nuts or bolts to bolt the tyre on. And then there was these yellow clips on them. Yeah. And I didn't know what, I just thought, I know nothing about that. And it got me thinking, (laughs) what we talked about recently, about learn 
one thing extra each year. And it's not buses for me. It's not. No, nah, I was going to say, mate, be careful with where you go <laughs> with this one. <laughs> but I thought someone knows everything about fixing that bus, about when those tyres would need to be replaced, why those bolts are so big, how come there needs to be eight of them, I think there were, or maybe even more, what those yellow clips are. And they've spent their entire, probably their entire life, or will spend their entire life like working in that area. And then here I am just you know, off in a complete different direction. <laughs> and then you are as well, doing your thing. And some of these things cross over, but... That Ray Dalio quote that you've got about, what does he say? You can learn... Um, you can learn anything you want, but you can't learn everything. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking when I looked at that bus. I thought, man, I know nothing about that. But someone that chooses to, they can probably become very well-paid, successful, and very good at their craft by thinking, that's the one thing that I want to hone in on mm. and learn. And I think that's where the whole follow your passion thing gets a bit misdirected like I think that's what follow your passion means is find something that you're really interested in keep learning about that keep applying yourself to that direction and eventually shit will start to come but you're still going to hunt out the opportunities and they'll come and it comes back to playing the long game but I think a lot of people just think well I love playing the guitar so why won't people just give me money to do it Mm. that's not what sticking close to your passion is about it's about playing a long game with that passion, knowing that you can keep studying that bus and how to improve it and all those things and keep uh, innovating and other people won't be because they're not interested in it, but your energy won't decrease because it's your passion, so you'll find it easier to stay over there. If yeah. I try and do it, game over. It's easy when you have an interest in something like <laughs> the old bus. <laughs> it's easy for you to um, not distracted by lots of other things along the way because you know you you're always wanting to learn how to make the bus better this is an interesting analogy but (laughs) sorry mate my brain is pretty cooked it is labor day for those listening as well ladies and gentlemen we're recording on a labor day a lot of people will be having a day off and you know the old labor day eh? you've done the explanation on that yeah Celebrating the uh, toughness of the nine to five, the eight hour work week. Yeah, eight hour work week. <laughs> oh, sorry, work day. Kiwi productivity. <laughs> you're speaking about there, <laughs> Samuel Parnell. But I think people should, if you didn't see this on the Instagram, you should go and Google what Labor Day is about because the reason I put that up there is that uh, I had probably a twenty three and twenty two year old in the office. I said, hey, "Do you guys know why you're getting Monday off?" No. Do you know what Labor Day is about? And they're basically just like hands up. They know not to be like, oh, I'm going to try and guess with Luke. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the, in the, and I said, honestly, if you ask any of your friends this weekend, none of them will know why. Like, what, what is Labor Day? Like, they'll have no idea. Yeah, I, I have no idea what any public holiday is for, mate. <laughs> I just think, yeah. Yeah, but well, you you don't really you don't you have to be told when they are. Yeah, You're like why are the roads so quiet? Where, where is everyone? What's happened? This apocalypse is here. No, Mikey, it's a public holiday. Oh, okay. <laughs> the day yeah. is a day to me. Yeah. Um. On the long game, I just think when you play the long game, it's impossible for you to be beaten because you're coming in at a you're you're going to start something at a at a different time than the existing players in the market in that field. And you're starting before the other players that are yet to come into the field, um, and you'll you'll beat ninety nine percent of the people around you, guaranteed. Because first of all, they're not going to start. 
And second of all, they're not going to stay in something for 5 to 10 to 15 or 20 years. Yeah. If you've got a 20-year outlook horizon for the industry you want to go in and become kick-ass at it, um, you will win 100%. But how many people do you talk to that are like, you know, how's it going? What are you up to for work? I'm like, oh, I'm just like uh, 10% through my 20-year plan. Yeah, like no, no one. No one. <laughs> no one's doing that, you know. Um, <clears throat> like you recently announced that you're going to do some public speaking, right? Mm-hmm. When we're on the one in every one every year episode. And then you quickly said that it will actually take longer than a year. Yeah. So you've already, in your head, you're like, I'm going to learn this, get better at it. I've already put some effort in, and then, but I'm actually making a commitment to it. But in your mind, you instantly figured out that this is like a five plus ten year thing. Yeah. Like that's how your brain works straight away. Most people don't have that. They're like, I'm going to try public speaking, and then if they do three weeks and it's like, nah, fuck, that didn't work. Well, interesting you raised that because yesterday I was doing more thinking about this, and there's been some developments in that space, which I'll wait till I yeah, complete something and then we'll do an update because I'll have to do a thank you because people have effectively inspired me to to carry on down that path but I thought when I quit my job I thought I wonder if I could one of my goals was could I I want to pay more tax than what my salary was yeah and I've done that and that was a bit of a holy shit okay it's a milestone yeah and not many people get to say that and it starts to teach you just to get comfortable with paying tax as much as we don't want to it is what it is and then I thought, I wonder if I could turn my side hustle into as big of an income as my, um, my what my job was when I quit. And I probably, effectively, by the time I claim some expenses and some things that I've got to do with it, clock that goal as well. And so then I was thinking about the speaking and I thought, I wonder if I could set a goal to earn more from speaking in a year than what my salary was when I quit my job, which I know for sure, because I have self-belief that I'll be able to do that, I thought, well, that's probably setting the bar a little bit too low. Luke, you're looking for about 80 grand a year there in speaking. I thought, I could, I could do that in time. And I thought, well, maybe it needs to be, I wonder if I could get it to be bigger than like my biggest source of income, mm. if I so choose to as such. So then that got me thinking, okay, as my business grows, my income's going to grow. So I'm behind, I'm five years behind on the monetizing speaking piece. So then how would I do that? And I'm like, well, if I just get paid for the speaking piece, then that's probably not going to do it because it's always going to lag the business growth or I need to increase the price that's charged and therefore get better and then get better known and really add value with it. Or there needs to be, well, that piece of it, but then secondly, there needs to be something that comes off the back of it as well, whether it be referrals or <clears throat> then that introduction, uh, it becomes an introduction to do some work with us and then we that revenue sort of counts towards that as well. But it's got me then thinking, the point is it's got me thinking bigger mm. by not just going, oh, I might try and get a speaking gig, get paid for and put it out to the universe and get nose back and it's like, oh, nah, don't, like, that's just flag, I don't <laughs> want to do that. You know, I'm like yeah. already committing to... I know so that this can work. What what I'm hearing here is that um, it's impossible for you to lose. 
Yes. Because <laughs> because you're you've made a commitment to this, you've got a long term plan and now you're working through the process of funneling revenue here and there and like mm. you're already thinking scale in your mind and that I know you've got stickability, so you're probably gonna be working on this for what, five, ten years, however long at fifteen, twenty. Um so when you've got that mindset and you move into that mode, if something takes you a year before it creates income or two years, but you're thinking in like 10, 15, 20 years, one day it's going to be like, Luke, how the fuck did you get paid 20 grand to turn up for an hour at that at that venue? Yeah. Or 100 grand or 500 grand. And people will be like, fuck, he must have fallen on his feet, eh? He got pretty lucky with that one. But it's like 10 years in the making. And oh, like, it's because he knows that guy that's running the event. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah, why. yeah, yeah. It's the it's the network like that didn't. So when you have this 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 long term outlook, and it's it's just like when people say a house doubles every ten years, they buy a house, and their instant thing is like, I don't really have to do anything and just sit on it, and it'll do it. You know, increase in value, but it still takes that time piece and a commitment from the person to do it. Yeah, and if you do that with work or and you know, putting effort and and time and knowledge and resource into into achieving something, it'll pay massive dividends over the over the term. Mm. Um, I think I've said it before. Like if I said to you, I'll give you twenty thousand dollars a year every year for five years, so under minimum wage, but then it, you'd make a million dollars a year after that as a salary. Would you sign that contract? Hundred percent, you would. Yeah, everyone would. I'd live on fucking minimum wage to get a million dollar salary, you know. So, like, that's actually the mindset of what's possible when you play the long game. But no one wants to tuck up the five years at the start because that sucks and it's hard and you don't really know what you're doing. But you just have to push the go button and learn along the way. Yeah, and I think effectively society kind of cooks us a little bit for that because we go through an education system that then says and it did encourage for a long time, and still sort of does, off you go to uni and just suck up three years of extra learning, and it's not like, oh, but it's going to cost you 60 grand by the time you're out the other side of that meat grinder. It's like you'll instantly be on a 60 grand salary, which is above or about the median income in New Zealand. So you think, shit, that's the path. That's the path for sure. Yeah, I don't, I, I just, I can't, I, I, I'm not like you because you went to uni and did it, yeah. so you're allowed to slate on it. <laughs> I didn't go. Yeah. So I just think it's shit anyway. When we were but, driving here today, mate, we had to stop at the red light outside the uni, and Taz goes to me, "Oh, the uni! Like there was no one. The, the, the light should still be green, but it's it's on the day of thinking. Okay, all the students are yeah, crossing. True, yeah, Monday. And she goes to me, do, "Do people even go to uni when all that shit's available for free online now?" Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. And I said, "You should drive past here one day this week, yeah, and, and see." But anyway, yeah, you know, some things aren't available for free online, but a lot of the things that are taught you could learn elsewhere. But sorry. Yeah, I just I just think it's really important for people and you need some form of a plan and idea to play the long game because you want to get into something. But like you guys just heard Luke unravel what he's thinking about speaking and like he he's starting to think about what the reaction is when he makes a decision on something. Mm. And you can see how that's working in his brain and unfolding and he's like, "Oh, that might work. Like maybe I need to try and talk to this person and and this is happening during and after you've made the decision. So what you've done is hit go, know that you're going to put a long-term effort into this. Yep. 
and then find out things along the way. Yes. So you've already you've already effectively gone and asked the universe to say that this is what I'm going to have a crack at. I've got a 10, 15, 20 year time frame to make sure that I'm the best at it. And I'm not the best right now, but I can't be the best if I don't press go and start moving towards the end result, which is in 20 years. And so for some further context, oh, now yeah, we'll do it. I was going to say, because I think we could do a pod on this in time. But anyway, a couple of things since we recorded that podcast. So one, I had a phone call with someone to learn. Oh, you did have that person? Yep. Cool. So I've had that phone call, and we'll flesh all of this out in more detail because I think it'll be a good example in, in the future, but I have had that phone call, and then I get an email. Yep. Um, Luke, would love you to come and speak at this event in Melbourne. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my sister lives in Melbourne. They said, we'll pay for your airfares and accommodation. And I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a free trip to, to Melbourne. I can go see my sister and my nephew. Well, that's pretty sweet. Flights aren't cheap at the moment. And then I thought, hang on. I said, no, no more free talking because they said, oh, this is a free event and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And there was no speaker's fee. And I said, hey, um, sounds great. Looks like a great conference. Like, good on you pulling it all together. Uh, would be happy to, however, my speaking fee ranges from X to Y. Mm-hmm. And depending on what you want covered in the time, which I can give you further detail about, and it would be unfair for the other people that I'm telling them that they need to pay me now for me to come and do this for you for free. Expecting them to be like, okay, that's a shame, you know, cheers. They come back and they said, no worries. Happy to explore um, what we get for that. Can we have a call about it? So in the email, they told me there's no speaking fee. Mm. So I'm thinking, okay, the world is abundant. This is just an opportunity I'm not going to get. Now they're like, well, there is some money there somewhere. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) There always is, by the way. (laughs) The old version of Luke before we did that podcast would have been like, oh, I'll just do it for the flights and the accommodation. Mm. And that's pretty cool. But now I'm thinking, well, every time I say yes to those things, it takes me out of what I could be doing elsewhere. And it's not just, oh, you know, you only have to speak for half an hour, an hour or whatever. There's all the prep you do. Then there's the mental rent thinking about it. But there's also, it takes, it's those days of your life that are gone because to go to Melbourne. You have, yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful of that because Mm. like, for example, let's say that someone wanted to pay me, I don't know, $500 to speak to, you know, 80 people or something. Um, and that might take me travelling to the event an hour on stage, doing some Q&A after, whatever. Let's say it takes up four or five hours of a day. I can do like three to four mortgage meetings in that time and if those loans settle, I'll make a 1000 or $2,000 per mortgage meeting. So like the opportunity cost of me doing that wouldn't make sense. Mm. So, But then also you have to think if you're playing the long-term game, Maybe you need to get a few, like I would need to get a few $500 runs on the board yep. before I can start charging 5000 and then it would start making sense. Um, so it's a, it's a balancing act, but you have to have a picture way down the road of what you want it to look like at the end and make sure that these things line up. But like what you're saying is you're going to get taken out of work in this office for three yep. or four days to go and do this and... You know, you're tied in with a bit of a holiday, mm. but how much money can you make here if you're there for three or here for three or four days versus what you're going to do over there? Yeah, exactly. And I won't be focused on what I could be doing in this space, rather because I'll be engaged in that area. But I also I had that email back and forth after I had the phone call with this person who helped me, mm. and they gave me some advice. And 
I took a couple of things from that phone call, which about 35 minutes, and instantly what they taught me when I got that email, I thought, hmm, this is what they're explaining to me. This doesn't line up. And so I, they said, these are, these are like the eight topics. And my old mindset is, I could just, I'll just pick one and I'll just make a keynote about that. And this person's basically like, you want to have one, two or three things that you talk about and you might flex 5% of that presentation, but 95% of it, you're rolling up and you're on default and you just fucking rip that thing to bits. Yeah. And you've perfected it and you've got really good at it and then maybe just play with 5 or 10% of it. Otherwise, it's not scalable. And I was like, nah, I reckon I could just pick any topic and just wing it forever. And he's <laughs> like, I know that that's your style, mate, but the deeper you go down this path, yeah. you'll realise that that becomes very yeah. hard. So um, there was only one topic on all of this list that I thought I can actually do that and do that really well. The rest I'll be having to kind of wing it. Mm. And I've been and spoken at conferences and in webinars where I'm thinking, oh, I shouldn't even be speaking about this. Like, I don't even care about it. And I, re- and I struggle with those things. So I like to only really stick to the things that I know a lot about. And so I'm still confident enough to go, well, I went back to them and said, I'll only speak about that topic that's on there. If you've already got someone covering that, tap me out. I'm not your guy. So I don't know if that's going to go ahead yet. But a scarce mindset would go, oh, like, let's have the phone call and I'll yeah. just see, you know. But I'm like, that, that opportunity may not be for me. And again, that's playing the long game. I don't think a lot of people know how to play the long game because we all get taught in our day-to-day life, like if we want anything, it's basically accessible to us. You know, I made a coffee when I got in here this morning through a machine. Press a button. Yeah, not so long ago, it wasn't a real thing. But someone's ground that coffee into a capsule, sent it to us, it rinses through that machine, and that's just accessible like that. Um, if you you know, want to watch porn, for instance, or you're lacking some sex life and you want to fix that, or not fix, but you want to add to that area of your life, you could pull up porn like instantly on your phone or you could pull up a dating app and like a few swipes and then see if, how your game is and see if you can try and uh, get a result out of that. If you want to uh, drink, there's you can get alcohol delivered to you now. Within so, twenty yeah. minutes, like it's just society's being conditioned for instant gratification. Yeah, and yeah. everything you need is basically we're in like an on-demand world now. Mm. But a vision, a dream, goals, success to you, whatever it is to you, that shit ain't on demand. Yeah, that and, shit takes time. And because all of this instant stuff exists, you know, like everything is instant, and a lot of it is great, right? Like I really value, um, like Uber Eats. I really value. Um, Paywave, I really value, mate, BP's back on the books, mate. Hey. <laughs> After I was only at mobile, I've got yeah. an app now. Hey, yeah, yeah, so you, I didn't even know it existed, but I was forced to go to BP the other day, and I was like, fuck, I hate being here because I've got to walk inside and shit. And then as I was filling it up, there was a sign above that said BP Go app or some shit. Download that, mate, load it up with money, and you just put the gas in and drive off. I was like, fucking mobile's Paywave's out the door. Yeah, go on, mobile. So, <laughs> <laughs> Lift it. So... You know, like a lot of these things are great productivity hacks, mm. um, but because like it's engineering us to have this instant gratification behavior, if you play the long-term game, you have an even better chance of winning yeah. because everyone's sitting in the, I need dopamine in one second flat. And you can um, get it too. And you can get it and it's available and it, look, it, it, it makes our lives better, a lot of this stuff, like a lot of this productivity. I mean... The fact that you can ask any question on your phone while you're walking in between a meeting is fucking out the gate. Yeah. But if you 
want to build something and create something for you and it's yours and it produces, you know, income and, and wealth and a better life and you play the long game, there's just so much room for that in society because no one's doing it. Yes. One thing that I learned and that has really stuck with me and it seems really simple and I can feel this now because if we go back to the speaking thing for me, I already feel like I've got the outcome, like I already feel like I've achieved it all. Yep. And I used to think, oh, that's just a massive, um, like you're full of yourself, you're self-confident, whatever, like that's amazing that you feel like that. Other people don't have that. But then I, what I realized is that making the decision to the brain is basically just as important as achieving the outcome. So the day I decided to clear my $13,000, $15,000 credit card, the feeling of making that decision and having a phone call with my brother and being like, mate, like, what the fuck have I done here? What am I going to do? And he's like, well, you just need to start paying it off. Mm. And I made the decision to do that and built a plan to do that. Felt just as good when I was still 13K in debt and I had the extra two grand little window to play with and was getting closer to 15. That felt just as good that day as the day where I said to Westpac, like, get rid of this thing for good. I don't need it anymore. It's done. Yeah. And that, if you can understand that hack and accept that making the decision will be just as good as the end outcome, you make a shit ton of decisions way faster. Yeah, once you learn how to make a promise to yourself and then not break that promise, yeah, you're unstoppable. Because when you do break the promise and when you continue to go against what you were trying to make a decision to do, you start to erode your... Your trust in yourself. Yeah. You're, you start... Next time you want to decide something from the start, you start saying, oh, I don't trust that decision anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, make promises to yourself and stick to them. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that you will like you won't always, you know, get it all achieved, but you may break some, but if you can understand this concept of making the decision and actually really getting close to that and then taking progress and taking action and building a plan, like it's just such an empowering feeling and it's exactly what we've been talking about in terms of me, my brain's telling me how to build out this speaking area of my life. You've got a massive level of trust in the in the back of your head though because you've achieved and done something already with a long-term plan and and knocked over a few um, goals and things. You know, you've put effort and planning mm. and strategy into something and pulled it off. So your brain's like, fucking oath, I can do this. Let's make the decision. Hit the go button and start rolling. Yeah. The other example, mate, this and the second story, this is what I was thinking about in the sauna yesterday. In the back of my head, this time next year, I've, I kind of think, all property could be, this is my prediction, property will be at its lowest probably this time next year or mid next year. And my, and this is just me guessing, but part of my brain's like, you should just really tidy everything up and focus on getting yourself into a position that should you want to, you can pull the trigger. And it's also, then part of my brain's like, yeah, but you're just chasing the bottom. Yeah. doesn't matter for you, bro. Yeah, because you'll buy it with cash one day. Who gives a fuck what the price is? Exactly. And so then I'm thinking, okay, I'm two years in to keep the change of the 10-year window that I gave it. And I already gave it a 10-year window, so I'm already playing the long game. Mm -hmm. And then another part of my brain's like, mate, you can have fucking whatever you want at the end of that 10 years. Like, you would have helped so many people that the world just would have allowed you to create, like, to get value back, to build karma, to build attention, to build audience, to then probably get speaking, get like heaps of shit. Mm. We're just going to carry on down that path, carry on helping people and adding value. 
and literally you're going to tip the scale so far that you're going to be able to have anything you want. And that's only eight years away. Crazy, eh? Yeah. Yeah. But it's very hard to teach yourself to... <laughs> so hard. <laughs> when it's Especially when, like... Maybe if you haven't seen it before in your life either. Yeah. Especially when you've... you've you know, everyone's seen it. Because everyone's seen someone in a really big house and driving a Ferrari. Everyone's seen that. And that person that does that isn't isn't doing it by, um, you know, just doing an 80 grand PAYE job. Like, mm. they might be an employee, but they're doing it by having a scale mindset and being like, right, how do, the, how do we expand this? We've got to... It's, <laughs> they'll play the long game. Yep. You know, like, not many... There, there are anomalies, but not many people that are 18 and 20 have these $10 million houses and a garage full of Ferraris and Lamborghinis. There's a few around, but it's pretty pretty scarce. Yeah. But there's plenty more in like their fifties and sixties that are set up like that, and there's people that are set up like up like that that could do that but don't. They have the ability to, um, and it's all from that from that planning and long term game. Whether you're a a, a boss, a, a employed or self employed or whatever, um, and it, I bet I I guess what I mean is like the the stuff that you see that looks like overnight success is, of course we know that it's not, and it never is, um, but everyone can have it if they just play that long game and use yep. that mindset. And it's really hard to get going. Um, but once you do, you start to get it. You're like, okay. Yeah, the secret to unlocking it is just pushing and just pushing pushing down doors that you've never pushed up, pushed through before and just be like, uh, let's just give that a go. The worst case scenario is that it doesn't work. Yep. Um, and it's a life changing thing if you can have a crack at it. Eh? Definitely. And one thing I've got. So I guess the the thing the the piece here, the takeaway for you, because you'd be thinking, well, then like what I actually do. I think if we go back to the bus analogy, it's to pick one thing that if you could work on for the next ten years, you become really, really valuable at that. Mm. The more valuable you become, the more value you'll be able to extract back out of the economy. Yep. So what's an area where you can get really, really good at? And I learned this concept a long time ago when I was listening to someone speak and they said, it was back in the days where there was no, like it's a really old speaker and they're talking about how there's libraries in just about every city of a developed country, yet only 3% of people have a membership to the library. Mm. So there's literally all of the knowledge you need and you can have access to it. 97% of people are like, fuck, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. But then you go, okay, 3% of people made a decision to go, I'm going to go in there and get some knowledge. But you can probably guess that about 10% of the 3% have actually gone, I'm going to pull out all of the knowledge from the people before me, and I'm going to learn that, and I'm going to get way better at it, and then I'm going to get rewarded for doing that. And in 10 years, they'll be the highest taxpayers. And that's where it's so valuable to actually go and do it because so many people won't. It's a honestly, it's the biggest advantage you could take because so many people just won't do this. Yeah. It's like when you when you start doing it and you have a long term game plan, you're like, Holy fuck, no one's playing this game. Yeah. There's no competition. There's mm. only like there's five million people in New Zealand and like a thousand are playing it. Like yeah. it's the easiest thing to have no competition in. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah, and it's and it's, I want everyone to come and join this competition. <laughs> yeah. 
the information, the knowledge is out there, and and that's the thing with these Keep the Change podcasts. You know, there's probably 250 of them now. Are you taking action off the back end of them? Like, what are you doing to actually move yourself forward a little bit? And it's not going to happen quickly, but it does happen. The other thing I saw, mate, which I think ties to this nicely, is I saw a video of Max Verstappen, your boy. Yeah, I love this guy, eh? He was heading it. It was like on this day. Max Verstappen had his first drive in a Formula One car. Oh, yeah. And there was a little bit of footage of him going around this um, course. And, you know, I'm not a big Formula One guy, but I love people that have achieved a lot and they're legends. And I know he's really good now. And I thought, Mm. wow, I wonder, you know, I thought, he doesn't look like he's massively in control of that car. That thing looks so powerful. And it looked, he was, you know, and he was like into the cockpit and he's doing all this. And I'm like, shit, imagine if he crashed on that day. Yeah. Would he go, fuck, I don't have this. I doubt it, but he didn't from what I saw. But I thought to it's so easy to look back at someone and go, oh, now he's a champion. Like, oh, it's just his first day. Well, he one he went through a period probably five years ago, six, uh, maybe, yeah, when he first started. He went through a period where the media, he had a few crashes and <clears throat> the media started getting hold of it. And they're like, when are you going to change your driving style? And he used to sit there and be like, stop asking me. I'm I'm driving I'm I'm a race car driver and my the point I'm here is to win, and like he kept having a few biffs you know yeah and now no one gives a fuck because he's a two time world champion <laughs> you know like he went he went away from that getting slated for like a year and a half two years, um and he I think he had a crash with one of the top drivers at the time as well and like ruined you know a race mm. for them and stuff like that so it was all nasty but in hindsight it means nothing right yeah he was pushing the limits he was learning. He he's you know he's twenty three or something now and a two time world champion but he's been racing for twenty years. There's a yep. lot of effort and long term game gone into that. Freakish talent, and that's where I think as well we live in a world where we can go and study more of those people. If you can't see it in yourself yet that you can play the long game, go and research people in your industry, in your community, in your country, in the sport you like, and the passion that you have. Go and find those people that have done it, and just go down a rabbit hole of being inspired by them. And rent almost their belief in long-term thinking until you can own your own belief in long-term thinking. Yeah. I guarantee you if you start today um, in 20 years, all the people that are around you now saying the same type of thing, they won't be there because no one plays the game. So it's an easy one. Hard one to do. The old long game. Love it, mate. That was a beauty. You like that? I like it. I thought about that. Any notes you didn't... uh, no, not really, but I was just thinking about like what we do and like it's going to be impossible for me not to succeed in my business yeah. because I'm like, I'm planning on being here in like, you know, 2040, 2050, so like how, how can you lose? I like it. The long game, people, get on board.